0: You learn your significant other is going to be deploying, and so you start the mental checklist of everything that needs to be accomplished before they leave. But what exactly should be on that list? Let's talk about that. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life Hello. Welcome back to Call to Marriage. Yes, today is all about that pre-deployment checklist. So when your significant other goes to deploy, normally they will get a checklist and it's usually items that they need to pack, things that they need to get done, vaccines they need to receive if they're going to certain areas. But there is also a non-existent but also existent spousal checklist that needs to be accomplished in order to make sure that while they're gone, you can take care of things, you're ready to go, you can get on post, all those things. So I thought that I would create a little checklist of just things that I recognized needed to get done before my spouse left for deployment that I think were really good to have and really good to know and also help me feel a little less stressed before he left about things that either needed to get done or if something happened, I knew I'd be able to take care of them because we had gone through this checklist beforehand. So with that being said, the very first thing that should be on the top of that list is getting registered to DEERS, which is your defense enrollment eligibility reporting requirements, something along that line. It is basically where you get your ID and also how you're enrolled into TRICARE, which is the military's insurance. So if you are like me and you have just gotten married, you need to get enrolled into DEERS to, one, be recognized by the military that you are indeed married to your service member, that you are, uh, quote, unquote, dependent underneath them, and, two, in order to start, you know, being eligible for TRICARE, and then, three, being able to actually get onto post, shop at the commissary, shop at the PX, things of that nature, and so This needs to get done before your spouse leaves, especially if you are not enrolled into DEERS. If you are not enrolled into DEERS, your service member has to be present with you to be enrolled unless you have a POA, which I will touch on in a little bit. But this is important to get done just because it can be kind of a long process in terms of wait times and there's usually a long line to try and get registered and enrolled in. So this is something that you want to make sure is at the top of the list to get done. That being said, life happens. I know that. COVID knows that. So if you feel like you are not going to be able to get your service number to go with you or you're worried about something happen while they're gone or overseas or wherever they are, get a POA, which is a power of attorney. So this um, is a legal document that you can get taken care of on post, actually in the Deers office as well, um, if I remember correctly. And we got this done because essentially if something happened or if I needed to take care of something on post, nine times out of 10, he was going to have to be there with me to get it done because I am not active duty. I'm just a spouse. I'm I'm what they call a dependent. So I don't have um, entitlements or rights to certain things without him being present. And by having the POA, I have a legal document that basically says I can act in his place. Um, and I have the ability and I can do things. So we got the POA, which worked out because even though I do technically have a ID and I'm enrolled in DEERS, um, I, we did it right before he left before my name legally changed. So I have to go in and change my name. And so by having that POA, I'm able to go do that while he's deployed. If you don't have a POA, It's not the end of the world, obviously. It is just something that I feel so strongly about encouraging two people to get because it can sometimes be very frustrating when like even if you needed to do something with finances or if something got messed up and you need to take care of something or something with housing, if you live on post, Having that POA is kind of like having a security blanket and knowing that you'll be able to handle and manage things without them being there because you have legal proof that you can do those things. That POA allows you and entitles you to act in their stead when they are not there, which being in a constant deploying group, it's it's really important to have that, I think. So, you know, get your ID, go into Deers, register into Deers, get your POA. With the POA and talking about legal documents, you also might want to look into getting a will, especially if you have small children or if, you know, it's a combat deployment and things are kind of, you are you're uncertain about things, have a will made. So we don't have children right now and it's not a combat de- deployment for us. And so we were like, you know, we don't need the will um, but if you do have children in the mix, it is something that I would suggest you at least talk to your significant other about and see if you want to figure that out. Because, you know, God forbid, if something were to happen, you want to know that you're going to be able to be taken care of. Your spouse wants to know that you're going to be taken care of. It is a weight off their shoulders just from my own experience in talking with with my husband that knowing that I will be taken care of if something happens to him is one less thing he has to think about on deployment. And so knowing that and and having that taken care of prior to them leaving is another one of those good things to have on your checklist as it's just like a peace of mind addition. Like they know and you know things will be taken care of. I have another thing on this checklist that, again, like the will, it isn't necessarily necessary. And it's also not as serious as the will. But – Family photos. I <laughs> made my husband and our dog get family photos before he left for deployment. One, because I love pictures and I love being able to, you know, look back and see how we've grown, how we've changed, how our family's grown. But also, I think photos are just a really nice, permanent, physical capturing of a memory. And for spouses that you know I've talked to that lost spouses that didn't get family photos done that was one of the things that they regretted not doing and so I added this to the list simply because I think it's important to capture the happy moments before because when you're looking back especially when you're missing your your significant other it's nice to have little reminders of a moment in time where you were just positive and happy if you're going through a rough patch during deployment because they happen, you get cranky, you get frustrated. And I will I'll touch on that, you know, in a whole other episode. But it's nice to have reminders of, you know, that of your of your family with them and and them and those happy moments. And so I strongly suggest having family photos on. Your checklist, especially too, if you do have children, if and if you have small children, it's nice to be able to say, "Oh, look, there's you know, mommy, there's daddy," and it's nice for them to also have those physical, like tangible reminders of family and and you know that mommy or daddy are coming back. And if something happens, you again have that snapshot, that physical, tangible memory in time of of that moment. And so. Even though it doesn't seem like a super necessary thing and you know if photos aren't your thing, I still suggest adding family photos to your list just because for me and I think secretly my husband he enjoyed them as well and and I really enjoyed them. So, family photos, put them on your list. Next is a more serious topic and it's finances. I am not a financial person. Um <laughs> Uh, my my parents are great with finances. You know, everyone's great with finances. I just have a hard time keeping the numbers straight, and my husband takes care of our finances. Bless him because Lord knows I cannot. However, with him leaving, I knew that there was going to be money pulled out for bills. There was going to be money pulled out for a mortgage. There was going to be money coming in from his paycheck, my paycheck. We had you know a food budget set up, all of that stuff, and so. I think it's really also important to make sure this isn't like a tangible, oh, it's a document I need to sign or I need to make sure we know blah, 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 whatever. This is a sit down with you and your significant other and have them walk you through. If you're not in charge of the finances and they're taking the lead on that, have a sit down with your significant other about the finances. Say, okay, what do our finances look like month to month? What will I see going into the account? What will I see going out of the account? You know, what is suspicious what what won't happen? We had our credit card information actually stolen from us last week and it was because you know he's so on top of finances thankfully still even from overseas, you know he called it out and because I wasn't paying attention, it would have been something I had overlooked. and so now I'm much more religious about checking and saying, hey you know, I see this charge is this you or is this me and and figuring it out. but have that conversation about finances because I think, you know, especially if they're not your strong suit, you don't want to have that be a stress to you. They don't want that to be a stress to them. So talk about finances. Um, How do you plan on budgeting with them gone? We had to look at our budget and, you know, what do we budget for food? What do we budget for entertainment when he was there? And what are we expecting to budget when he isn't there? How much was I really expecting to spend on food and on going out or, you know, if we were to go out because of COVID, but, you know, and just sort of thinking about how will our budget look and how do I stick to that budget, having that financial plan in place. And so finally, and I think this might be one that is honestly thought about as like an afterthought and overlooked because I never would have pictured this being a necessary thing to do. Vehicle game plans, if your spouse is being deployed for more than a month, even more than three months, you need to have a vehicle game plan because cars run better when they run. I <laughs> never thought about that, but it's true. And they need to be serviced and they need to be driven to make sure you know things are running. They're not just sitting idle and they're not moving. The engine's revving up. You know your battery's not dying. They need to be driven, and so. I will paint the picture for y'all. I am a small human. I am barely five foot four, and my husband drives a tall vehicle, and I drive a very small vehicle because I cannot get into said tall vehicle without jumping. And so, my biggest concern when he left was oh my gosh, I have to drive the big car, and I can barely get into said car. And so, You know, with him, you know, showing me how the car works and then me driving it a little bit to see how I'm comfortable with it and then driving it for longer periods of time. Him kind of mapping out saying, hey, if you're going to drive it, this is how long it needs to be driven for. This is when it needs to be serviced. This is how much gas should stay in in the car at one time. You know, you just make sure you're cycling through the gas and things like that, which honestly... I never would have thought about. And maybe you're sitting here listening going like, well, duh, like that totally makes sense. I am not a car person, which I am sure (laughs) you can probably tell from the way I'm talking about said cars. But I understand the importance of maintaining a vehicle. And so that is definitely a conversation you need to have with your significant other. How are we going to maintain the vehicles? How are we going to continue driving them? I know a lot of not a lot of people, but a good chunk of spouses will actually go back to their families for the duration of a deployment sometimes. Just they can be around, you know, family and have a support system in place. If you're going to do that, you know, who is going to then take care of the cars in the house, having, I guess I'll call it like an asset game plan, you know, your house and your your car and, and everything like that. Who is going to be responsible for taking care of those things? Having your house checklist, how do you, if it's, they're being deployed over a change of seasons. How do you prep your home for that? For instance, you have to drain the hose and you have to make sure there's no leaves on the ground because they'll rot the grass. And if you're listening to this and you're going, wow, this person's really dumb, I've never owned a house before. These are things I'm learning. So, having an asset game plan in place so that you Know everything that needs to be taken care of, and also your service member knows everything is being taken care of, and so that is my list. I, if uh, your post offers a deployment brief, sometimes they'll they'll do a deployment brief and they'll cover everything about what's going on in the deployment. Go to the deployment brief. We um, didn't have one, or we got here kind of at a period where they already had it, and so I had missed on um, a lot of information. However. The FRG here, the family resource group, we get updates from the commander, you know, every month or so about what's going on over in deployment. And so if you're someone like me, And as you're prepping for deployment, you need information. Reach out to your FRG leader. See if they're going to be doing a deployment briefing for spouses and dependents. And take advantage of those resources because they are so helpful just to that peace of mind aspect. This checklist is very much more physical and tangible things that need to get done. But also take care of that mental checklist in the back of your head that needs to be accomplished. Because those are also important things to take care of. But I really hope that this checklist helps you If you have any questions, comments, you wanna say hello, you're looking to join in on the Call to Marriage community, you can reach out to me at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. I always respond, I make an effort to build this community and I really just wanna hear from from y'all. What do you want to know about this journey? What do you wanna know about being a new military spouse? Or if you're honestly just looking for someone to vent to about your crazy experiences, I'd love to be that for you as well. Again, that is ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com and I will talk to you all later. Bye.